Hello and thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for Monday September 18th. Let's jump into the top stories from over the weekend. Michigan State will launch an investigation into how Brenda Tracy's name was leaked to the public, per MSUVP for Media and Public Information Emily Guarant, who says details about the investigation's start date, scope and other details should be made available in the next few days. The Bay Area News Group's John Wilner obtained letters from Oregon and Washington sent to the Pac-12 that indicate neither expected to be a decision-making party for lead business after August 1 of next year. The admission, per Wilner, could be interpreted as notice of withdrawal from the league, which is a key point in the legal filings by Washington State and Oregon State. Notable from a source, every dollar spent now is one dollar less that would be available to Washington State and Oregon State. Further, when UCLA, USC and Colorado opted to move on, CEOs from each institution did not participate in board meetings and or were removed from the board altogether. Wilner writing, now, just two schools remain. The Cougars and Beavers are mulling whether to rebuild the Pac-12, a decision that hinges, to a large extent, on the assets available in the Pac-12. The board controls the assets, but which schools control the board? All 12, or just the remaining two? JohnCanzano.com's namesake takes the Pac-12 leadership to task, stating the league's leadership has come from the courts as there are key issues to be addressed for this year and beyond. The employee retention plan approved by all earlier this week includes optionality for OSU and WSU to reconstitute the conference after July 1, 2024, as he reports two schools signed the Apple Media Rights deal last month. Canzano writes, the two that Klyovkov should be providing concierge-level service to right now. But given how upset OSU and WSU were with the commissioner in the wake of that unforgettable Friday meltdown I wonder if he thinks their first order of business would be to terminate him. Both schools tell me Klyovkov is not involved in their plans to move forward. I'm not a legal expert. But I've reached out to several in recent days. I can't find anyone who has a solid notion that a court will come down against WSU and Oregon State on the matter of board composition. I also think there's a reasonable expectation that the 10 departing members should be treated fairly by the Beavers and Cougars. As for the next legal step, Canzano reports a preliminary hearing and discovery are on the docket, concluding, do the Pac-12 presidents and chancellors really want to reveal documents and their private correspondence? It's why I smell a settlement coming. One that will draw some clear boundaries and let everyone get focused again. As one Pac-12 executive told me on Thursday, I'll bet the Big Ten, Fox and Big 12 all don't want discovery either. Toledo AD Brian Blair and Executive Associate AD, CEO and SWA Nicole Alderson join Connect and MB Sports' Matt Banker to discuss the Rise Together strategic plan, what national success looks like for the Rockets, the department's efforts to develop and retain talent, the stability of the MAC during a time of realignment and more. Blair talks about the process of getting buy-in from stakeholders throughout the department, I think in a lot of ways for us here Toledo it was kind of a blank slate. I don't think they had done a plan in a long time, or maybe even in forever. So, there was some level of excitement, probably surprisingly, to me, on the process of going through and defining the strategic plan in a really comprehensive way. Nicole and I talked, we sent a survey out to our fans and we kind of expected a low hit rate, okay, who's going to get excited about a strategic planning survey? We were blown away by the number of responses we got from all facets of the community and campus to say, hey, here's things that you do really well, here's some things we wish you work on, and I'd say the vast majority was really constructive criticism on ways we can intentionally get better. I think when people get a chance to feel like they're part of something larger than themselves and their individual roles, to me that's when something special can happen. Lots more on Connect. 
UCLA AD Martin Jarman talks about the importance of the Bruins playing North Carolina Central on the gridiron, and the Los Angeles Times Ben Bolch notes Jarmond's mom and dad attended NCCU and North Carolina A&T, respectively. Jarmond also earned a postgraduate scholarship named after John McClendon, the former NCCU men's basketball coach and iconic civil rights advocate, after being encouraged to apply by former UNC Wilmington men's basketball head coach Jerry Wainwright, who coached Jarmond in college. Martin Jarmond adds, I wouldn't be where I am today in this profession without John McClendon. Getting that scholarship changed the trajectory of my life. Women leaders in sports and the Sandra Day O'Connor College of Law at Arizona State have released the annual review of career trajectories of Division I, D2 and D3 athletic directors. Some notable Division I findings, the number of female Division I ADs decreased from 53 to 50 in the last year. Athletic fundraising remained the most common track for Division I ADs to their current role. The number of hired Division I athletic directors with graduate degrees increased by 11.8% from 2022. In 2023, 51.2% of newly hired Division I athletic directors were collegiate student-athletes, a great decrease from the 68.3% in 2022. The number of Division I athletic directors with a JD increased by 2 and the number that held a PhD or EDD increased by 3. 66.7% of newly hired Division I ADs last year were white while in 2023, 73.2% of newly hired Division I ADs were white. Thank you for tuning in to the morning edition of the D1T in 5 for Monday, September 18th. We'll see you back here this afternoon.